Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the home for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code worth 10% off your next order at fansets.com. Fansets, our pins have character. Thank you for joining us on Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. My name is Mike, and I am joined by my co-host, Emily, and we had a great time interviewing our guest for this episode. But before we get into that, Em, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us online? You can follow the show on Twitter at Discovering Trek. You can find us on Twitter at Trek Legacy on Instagram with the same handle. And you can also find us at, in Camp Kittimer from time to time. If you'd like to join the conversation there, answer a couple simple questions and you'll be welcomed in by our admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark. You can subscribe to the podcast by downloading the Trek Geeks mobile app or by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So on Discovering Trek, we like to have uh, as many guests as possible, and normally that's co-hosts as we uh, review the episodes, but we're privileged today to have a member of the crew for Star Trek Prodigy, and by crew, I mean the -the behind-the-scenes crew. Uh, She has actually done some scoring already in the Star Trek world with the Short Trek Q&A. She's also... Uh, scored an American Pickle for HBO Max. Uh, In addition to that, she's worked with someone that we all know, Michael Giacchino, for Medal of Honor Above and Beyond and won the 2020 Best Original Score for Video Game or Interactive Media with that. She was also nominated as the Breakthrough Composer of the Year for 2020 by the International Film Music Critics Association. I think I've said enough, so let's welcome Nami Melimad to Discovering Trek, and she is the composer for Star Trek Prodigy. Hi, Nami. How are you? I am great. I'm super excited. Uh, I've been working on something for a very long time, and now it comes out to the world. (laughs) And now you can talk about it, right? And now I I can almost (laughs) talk about it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No more and no more NDAs or anything like that. So. Oh man, this is so so um, refreshing. Yes, to be able to. <laughs> I was so happy when they when they released the characters' names and and when they released the the info that that Janeway joins the Kate Mulgrew joins the cast. Mm-hmm. I was like, thank God I can talk about it now because <laughs> <laughs> this was really hard. This was very hard to keep quiet. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. Uh, th- we've got another, uh, another um, host on the network who is friends with uh, Bonnie Gordon, who's doing oh, the voice. She's doing the voice of the her. ship. 
Yes. And, yeah. And he goes, I've known this for a year and I've had to sit on it because if I said something, she would get in trouble. So yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, she's she's doing an amazing, amazing job. And and she's got quite a lot of uh of dialogue. So yeah, <laughs> you will <Yeah>. hear. <laughs> in the in the couple of episodes we've seen already, uh we have we've heard the voice and it's and it's pretty cool. So yeah. Uh, Let's get right into asking you all the important questions for our topic today. So, Em, why don't you lead the way with our first question? Um, your bio says that you're an enthusiastic Trekkie. So I was wondering um, what your favorite Star Trek series is. <laughs> uh, well, That's not to, Prodigy. <laughs> that's not Prodigy. Um, I, I have to say Voyager, although occasionally I... Occasionally DS9 takes over, <laughs> but I, I have, I love, I love Voyager because there, there's this like overall arc, um, you know, they have a, they have a, a, a mission, they, they are going home and it, it just, the way that it flows, the way that it, it, it drives through, through the seasons. Um, I always love that. Um, and then, yeah, just, just Janeway was you know, she, her character was, was always like, yes, she's inspiring. She's incredible, but also she's like the strong woman who doesn't take no for an answer. And like, she's, she's so fierce and she takes no, she's like, she's so on point, um, you know? And I think, I think she's also the perfect character for our show, um, you know, to, to welcome kids to that Star Trek universe um and yeah i just i love her so much so yeah i, I would say voyager and the music there is so great um and the, the other crowd i mean yeah i love i love voyager <laughs> but yes. i love everything else too i love everything else too <laughs> that was the first the first series that i watched really oh wow yeah. so and what what did you watch after um i think i think that was Enterprise. when you got into this uh, we watched Enterprise, Enterprise, but I think you also yeah. got into Discovery around that time, too. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I, I think I first watched the original series, then TNG, and then Voyager. So that it took me a minute to get there. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, you love the music for um, Voyager. So I'm going to do some name association with you here, okay? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Alexander Courage, Jerry Goldsmith. James Horner, Michael Giacchino, and Mr. Russo that we are that we have on Discovery, the great composers of Star Trek. So how does it feel to now have your name <laughs> added to that list? Uh, pretty great. I have to say, I think you forgot a few, but <laughs> like Dennis, oh yeah, Dennis I left the, I left the, yeah, I left a couple <laughs> off. I didn't but yeah no all good all good um yeah star trek uh it's it's a great honor to to be added to this like incredible list and you know chris westlake's score for for lower decks is absolutely absolutely incredible um and i yeah i drive inspiration from all of those like and i i feel well especially with jerry goldsmith and and alex uh courage and um courage i keep saying his name wrong um and michael like i I, their scores were very inf- influenced. They, they influenced me, you know, as a composer in general, not just in track, but like in general. Uh, and, and so it's a, it's such a, 
it's an amazing honor and a great responsibility to carry this forward. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm entrusted with this really big task, <laughs> but it's not really a task because it's, it's fun and it's exciting and uh, I welcome it. Cool. Now, one of the things I saw in your bio also is you're a Jerry Goldsmith Award nominee. So is that the whole Jerry Goldsmith Awards uh, <laughs> thing that I saw online? Because I was trying to like narrow yeah, it down. It's a, it's a film okay. scoring competition. Okay. Uh, just like a film scoring is a very uh, specific world. Uh, and, you know, there are people who really are, are uh, soundtrack fans. And I, I'm, I'm too. I, I listen to like a lot of stuff that come out even before I watch the film or, or the show. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a it's a competition in Europe, um, and and they uh, you know they choose scores uh, from all over the world. I think that particular film uh, was was an Israeli short film that I did, um, and uh, yeah, I got to write some some music about uh, friendship. It was a friendship between two kids, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I kind of went for a universal thing. Like it wasn't about like a particular because uh, it takes place um, in Israel and it's a, it's a friendship between a Palestinian boy and an Israeli boy. But like the, the score was taking this universal approach of if like, you know, how, how we could be friends and no no one is born to hate. Um, and uh, so so the, the music was reflecting that like bigger scale. Uh, and not, you know, not particular to that region. So I also play instruments. Oh, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare myself to you because I know that's impossible. You, you probably but, play better than me. I'm, I'm not a great performer. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm only so old. How old are you? I've, I'm 12. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've, been, I've been playing for like three or four years. And I was wondering how old you were when you started playing um yeah I was about your age I was I was eight years old um so almost um yeah I I started playing piano uh because my sister was playing piano and uh, she's an older sister so I wanted to do everything that she does um <laughs> and I nudged my parents to to allow me to take uh piano lessons um and eventually convinced them <laughs> so I started with that and then they made they had the school orchestra um, and, uh, I got to play flute there, um, which was really cool. Um, and then later my cousin was playing guitar and I loved how, how you could, you know, play songs on a guitar, which you can't do with a flute because it's, you know, you play it and it's melodic, but there's no chords. You can't like play several notes at the same time. Um, and so I picked up the guitar and he showed me a few stuff, like how to, how to do the basic chords. And he gave me this book and, like, and he was like, well, you can learn it. <laughs> and that's what I did. Like a lot of, a lot of the musical stuff um, were self-taught at that point. <laughs> okay. So just to make sure that I don't leave anybody out, I did leave out Dennis McCarthy, Ron Jones, Chris Westlake, Cliff Eidelman, and Leonard Rosamond. <laughs> oh my God. I am sorry for calling you out nope. on all hey, the male okay. composers. A lot of male composers of Star Trek. I have yeah. to say. <laughs> So, so now we're going to change gears, but I'm still going to play name association here with you. Um, so okay. Kate Mulgrew, ah. Sonequa Martin-Green. Ah. So you have the first female lead for Star Trek and the first female lead of color. And so now you yeah. are the first female composer. <laughs> so 
I, I know that uh, you are a board member for uh, the Alliance of Women Film Composers. So what does it mean to you to jump into uh, such an active franchise like Star Trek, even being a fan of it, and to set the mark there, be the first female composer? <laughs> Well, I, I hope I'm the first and not the last. Uh, so let's, I hope let's, so too. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 great to to break the ceiling, or you know. Um, and to be honest, Star Trek has always been very diverse. Like you know, from from the original series, like you had you had her on the bridge, you had Sulu, like everything was was already kind. You know, and and, and I think now we're we're finally doing that shift in behind the scenes um and and i think it's part of like you know the, that movement in hollywood to to change the industry because women are still scoring about 2.5 percent of the top grossing films so we're still not quite there um in tv it's a little you know a little more balanced but we're still not very far from 5050 50, uh, or 5149 uh, as, as the general population, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to be part of that representation and I, and I hope that like it will influence younger uh, ladies to, to follow in, in these steps and actually pursue their dreams and like go for it. <laughs> and yeah, just like, you know, when, when younger girls watch Janeway and on Viager, they're like, Oh, she a woman can pilot the, the starship you know she can bring them home like no one else would um and yeah it's uh it's great i i i love you know being part of that and um in the alliance uh what we do is advocate for more of that change to happen uh we advocate for for producers to hire more female composers um because they're just as good as the men and a lot of times they're even better <laughs> based on what i've heard so far from uh, the prodigy score i'm gonna agree with you 100 percent on that one yeah i have to also say that like um when when you kind of have to prove yourself further like a lot of times and, and you see that with female composers is that they they oftentimes have to work harder to 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 prove themselves to get to that same spot and so yes um you know, with, with the more limited um, resources and limited experience, a lot of times, if you gave that person the opportunity, they will bring you something that, you know, you didn't see coming because it'll be so great. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. That's the plan for, for our generation. Let's do it. Well, as a girl dad, I very much appreciate uh, the fact that you are I guess maybe not blazing a trail is the right word, but setting, I think setting the mark is, is right. I, I, I've never really liked the blazing a trail thing. I think, <laughs> I think like, like set, setting a guide is maybe, is maybe better to, uh, to call it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think going for what you want is, is super important. Like, you know, this is your dream, go and do it. And, and no one's going to tell you, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a woman, it doesn't matter if what, what your uh, um, secular orientation is, like, it doesn't matter, like, your religion, all of these things don't matter, like, what, what matters is what you bring to the table, your talent, um, your experiences, your knowledge, your, your everything. We'd 
like to take a moment to talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Did you know that it's been five years since Fansets has been providing us with top-notch merchandise? It's hard to believe, but in that time, they've been providing us with offerings for all different types of fandoms, including Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, Batman 66, Harry Potter, and Rick and Morty. And Prodigy looks like it will offer a ton of awesome pin ideas for Lou, John, and the Fansets team. In fact, we've already seen a cool Delta badge in episode one, so maybe that's something that we can expect soon. Keep an eye on Fansets.com to see if that happens. And while you're there, check out the over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins, including the aforementioned Delta collection, as well as micro crew pins episode pins and many other great designs so as bill would say head on over to fansets.com and put a whole bunch of pins in your cart as a listener to the show you can receive 10 percent off your next order from fansets by using the code discovering trek at checkout and remember that you receive free shipping in the u.s on orders 30 dollars or more fansets our pins have character And we thank Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. This one isn't about music, but um, it said in your bio that you enjoyed oil painting. And I wanted to... It said that you enjoyed oil painting. Oh, yeah. I love it. I wanted to know what you, like, you know, painted. Well, you can see some stuff here. Um, So, basically, this this started when I was a kid. Um, And, uh, yeah, I I started with with painting parrots because that was my favorite animal. It still is my favorite animal. Um, They're just so glorious and and colorful, and there's so many kinds and, and... they're just amazing. And I remember watching this, um, this three old, three year old, uh, parrot that, sorry, he's not three years old, but like this parrot and, and he had the, um, the intelligence of a three year old. So I was always like fascinated by birds. <laughs> um, and anyway, I, I started painting them and I took some lessons to, to learn how to do it better. Um, and then I, uh, started also painting like, uh, uh, f- like photos that I took around the world. So this is, Sorry, this this is New Zealand uh, when I traveled there. This is the Netherlands, actually, snowing, which is not happening a lot. Um, and this is Australia. Uh, and it's in the Aboriginal style of, of um, like, that's, that's how a lot of the Aboriginal people um, do their art with, like, all these dots and circles. It's, it's really fascinating when you look up close. Um, so yeah, I, it really relaxes me too. Like when I, <laughs> you know, I can just listen to something, a podcast or, or music and, uh, you know, not think about scoring. <laughs> yeah, those are really nice. I'm not very good at painting, but I, I do draw a lot and it is relaxing. Yeah. What do you draw? Um, all kinds of stuff. I really don't draw anything in particular. I'm working on a mural on my wall right now, though. Oh, cool. Of, of what? Uh, something from Zelda. Ooh, nice. Yeah. She's, she was fortunate that her parents let her uh, 
oh. her paint all over her walls. That's uh, <laughs> you know what? That's that's nice. When when I was younger, I oh yeah, I didn't paint on the wall, but I wanted my room to be yellow. <laughs> we yeah, totally. I, sorry. Sorry. What? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm saying it was. It took a minute to convince uh, the you know the parents, but yeah, I was gonna do more, but they wouldn't let me. <gasps> oh my gosh. Well, How dare you? For now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have to earn it, I guess. <laughs> so I'm curious what the process of scoring is for you. Uh, you obviously have to see material from what it is that you're going to be working on. I, is it like an emotional feeling that you draw from what it is and then put that into music? Um, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, um, when, when, when you start writing for a project, um, usually it's already post-production. Um, so you can see a cut of the film, you can see the characters, you can see the story and the pace of the edit, uh, and like maybe, maybe some sound effects that are in, um, with animation, it's a little different because there's no live action <laughs> there's no you know so i actually read the screenplays uh way like back in 2019 oh wow uh, that's cool yeah <laughs> yeah and so i already sort of got to know the characters ahead of time um and yes i i did some scratch ideas like sketches and stuff um but it really helps to see a visual so after i saw the very first cut of the pilot which was an animatic at that point um i came up with all sorts of ideas musical ideas and i played them for dan and kevin and ben um and you know we, we kind of started from there um so yeah it's always the music is inspired by the characters and and their personalities and then their emotional journey will be depicting the score um so yeah that's what i was trying to do <laughs> I always, when I'm watching something, I always feel like a great, when there's a great score involved, it's like another character to the, to the movie or to the show. And uh, again, Emily and I have only seen the first two episodes, but so far it's like all, all of a sudden you're, you're forgetting where you are and then the score grabs you. And it's like that it's like that next character for the show. So yeah, I agree. Kudos on that. <laughs> it's a lot of responsibility because yes, we're, we're basically creating like, you know, a whole new world, uh, you know, that didn't exist before. There's no production sound. There's no, uh, you know, everything is, is created by the artists, like the animators, the sound, the sound designers, uh, and the musicians. And so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm glad it worked, <laughs> you know, for you. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's a great responsibility. And, and I, I feel like the proto star is, is its own character, like, you know, in, in the show, uh, and the music kind of helps reflect that as well. So it also said that you traveled a lot and I was wondering, how that's been with COVID and after this is done, if you're planning on doing a lot more <laughs> traveling. 
<laughs> yeah, I love traveling. Oh my God. I, uh, as a kid, I traveled with my parents to the Netherlands like every summer. <laughs> Um, and then we would travel to Europe, like to, to other countries like, like uh, France and, and Switzerland um, and Belgium. Like it was it was really nice to like and very eye opening to see all these like different cultures and different people, um, different foods. <laughs> uh, and yeah. And so um, I also personally traveled to like after high school, I went to Canada <laughs> for a trip. I was 17 years old and I had I was very clueless about the world. But again, meeting so many people and, and just experiencing like what the world is, because growing up in, in such a small place like Israel, which is I don't know if you guys know, but it's kind of the size of New Jersey. Like it's really small. Um so I also traveled a lot back home. Um, and then I went, uh, after military, I went to Australia and New Zealand for half a year. Um, and again, like there's so much that you pick up, just views and animals and, and culture. Um, and you meet fellow travelers. Uh, and it's, it's all very exciting. And I went to China. I went to Thailand. And yeah, from, from a lot of places, I picked up like instruments that were there or like that were easy for me to carry throughout the trip. So in New Zealand, I would play the harmonica all the time and my, my friends would get very pissed off because I wouldn't stop playing. Uh, and in China, I got some, some Chinese flutes called Dichi uh, and I learned how to play them. Um, and I think I also had a ukulele to like, you know, cause it was easy to carry. Um, and I really wanted to play some music. Um, yeah, and here, um, I mainly traveled here, like in the US, uh, to see all the big parks and stuff like, you know, Utah and Nevada and, and California. Um, but there's, there's a huge list of, of places I want to visit. And I really want to go to Nepal and uh, to Vietnam and Laos, like, yeah, one day <laughs> uh, after COVID, hopefully. Um, yeah, I haven't done much, much traveling during COVID. Uh, in fact, I was going to go to to London to record um, Medal of Honor, but we had to do it remotely because everything got shut down. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the plan is to travel more and more. I, I love love traveling, and it's it's really inspiring to to you know because when when you compose, you you draw from your own experiences. Really, like you draw from your emotions and your feelings, and um, I think it's it's actually helping you if if you have experience to draw from. <laughs> Well, we certainly appreciate you uh, giving us some time today to talk about all of these things, Nami. And if, uh, if our listeners would like to see more about you, where can they look online? Um, okay, well, there's uh, there's my website, <laughs> namicomposer.com. Uh, and I'm on social media with uh, Nami Composer, uh, like on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and Spotify, <laughs> I guess. Spotify, yeah, because oh yeah, I mean, we have an album what? coming out. Oh, beautiful! For Prodigy. Oh yes, yes. I was going to talk about that in the episode itself, but if you want to tease it, go for it. Uh, yeah. So, oh my God, I'm so so excited. Uh, yes, we basically released everything. So uh, that's our plan is to release everything uh, every week. Um, you know, when when the episode comes out, uh, or or we may do it biweekly. We'll see. But like the plan is to release all the scores. Um, yeah, I'm excited for you to hear it. I think the first one drops on Friday. Sweet. So she is Nami Melumad, and she is the composer for Star Trek Prodigy. And once again, we thank you so much for joining us here on Discovering Trek today. Thank you, guys. 
so that was a really enjoyable conversation that we had with uh, Nami uh, as we talked about the music for uh, Star Trek Prodigy. So as Nami mentioned in the interview, after every episode premiere of Prodigy, a selection of music from that episode will be available to stream on all digital music platforms. And by the end of season one, the score from the entire season will be available as an album. So you'll want to keep your eye out for that. And what were some of the things that you thought were, were cool about that discussion? I thought it was pretty cool how she started music at such a young age and how she's still continuing it. Yeah, I thought it was really cool how uh, she had been a Star Trek fan for most of her life and got into and was able to get into composing uh, first for short treks and then getting an entire series. So uh, we're really appreciative of uh, Nami and of Nickelodeon for making her available to us. Um, we look forward to future interviews of those behind the scenes at Star Trek Prodigy. Now, don't forget that you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to unedited audio of all of our podcasts and a lot of other perks. If you'd like to support this and the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscriptions start as low as $2 a month. And for more great Star Trek discussion, check out the aforementioned member podcasts on the network. In addition to Discovering Trek, there's Trek Geeks, Rewind, Politrex, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, and the newest shows Drawn to Trek, Science Station 2, and With the First Link. You can find all these shows and where to listen on trekgeeks.com slash listen, or by downloading the Trek Geeks mobile app. The Trek Geeks podcast network. No one talks Trek like we do. So keep your eyes peeled for additional interviews as Prodigy goes along. But otherwise, we will continue to offer our weekly analysis of each episode. Until next time, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.